ago, we learned, uh, as I was sharing, that Christians stink. Anybody remember that? Yeah. To those whom God has placed us amongst, we are a sweet fragrance of love and life like a garden in the spring. But then to those who reject the gospel message, we smell like death. We smell like the sewer. We, they even dislike us. Uh, there's a stench that comes from us as followers of Jesus. And so we learned about that people should notice really a difference in us, in our lives. They should sense the presence of God in our lives. They should sense the Holy Spirit living and moving in us. Again, in a sense, there should be a fragrance that comes forth from us that makes us different than the world. This week, we're going to focus on part eight of Acts. I'm so excited to continue in this book. And the title of the message is More Betterer. More Betterer. Um, You will learn that I love to make up words and to use obscure words at times, and I just felt like the best word for this message was betterer. So feel free to spell that however you want. Um, I just put an extra ER on the end, but that's what it is. I have found that when the Spirit of God is powerfully at work, that incredible changes occur in the church and its people. Great things begin to happen. The church begins to grow. People's lives are transformed. You hear testimonies of God doing amazing things in their lives. Uh, People are physically healed. We hear testimonies of, hey, I went for prayer on Sunday morning and God healed my body. Uh, There are transformations that take place. There are people who are delivered from addictions in their lives. And all those great things are happening. But in the midst of those great things happening, some people begin to feel left out. Some people even begin to complain. Doesn't that seem strange? I mean, to me, I'd be like, yeah, look at what God's doing. Isn't it amazing what he's doing in our midst? But if you think about this, this isn't heaven. Princeton, Illinois is awesome, by the way, but it's not heaven, right? And we're still human, Even though God is doing a transformative work in us, in our hearts, in our spirits, this isn't heaven and we're still human. And even though we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we all come from a wide range of different backgrounds. We have different levels of maturity. We have different needs in our life. And What we'll see in this passage today is that it was normal for the Holy Spirit to work powerfully in the early church, and it was normal in the midst of all of that for some to complain, and frankly, it's still normal today. That hasn't changed. Can you think of a time when it seemed God was powerfully moving in a church that you were a part of yet you felt left out. You saw God moving in the midst and lives being changed, but somehow you just felt like, I, I, don't, I don't fit. I don't understand. I, why am I 
not experiencing those same things. Have you ever felt that way? I think if we really think about it and we're honest, we've all experienced those times. We've seen God bless someone in our midst and then we suddenly think about what's going on in our lives and we think, well, why isn't God blessing me? Right? Dan agrees. Oh, thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. Maybe, maybe we've even thought we could do something better than the person who's currently doing it. We saw someone in church who's serving their heart out and they're passionate about the ministry they're doing. And we think to ourselves, you know, I'm really thankful for uh, Sally. I'm really thankful for George and the ministry that they do. But, you know, I really could do it better. Right? None of you. That was me earlier in life, I'm sure. One thing that we need to keep in mind always is that God ordains leaders. God ordains leaders, and no one is ever in a leadership position without first being placed by God. And that leadership position might be making the coffee on Sunday morning, or that leadership position might be serving our little ones in the nursery, or that that leadership position might be the church maintenance guy, might be the worship leader or part of the worship team, might be a deacon. Those people are placed in those positions by God. I want us to look in Acts chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open those up. If you have uh, your phone and you haven't put your app on there for People Church yet, go ahead and put that on there and then open it up to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. And we're going to start at verse 1. It says, But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. (laughs) Come on, let's get practical. So brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius. Wow. Nicholas of Antioch. Many times I read names, sometimes I still can't pronounce them. An earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. So what we see in this passage 
is we see the early church is growing like crazy. It's out of control. Thank you, Jesus. That's, that's what we want to see. That's God's plan for the church. It, it is supposed to always be growing. Always. So the early church is growing like crazy. And now the apostles are doing it all. They're, they're teaching, they're preaching, they're handing out food, they're managing all of the administration details, everything that has to happen regarding the ministry. And there were problems developing because they were unable to serve everyone. They, they couldn't do it all. In fact, the truth is, for many of them, it was not their gifting to do some of the things they were being called to do. They were called to spread the gospel. They were called to pray, is what this passage says. And because of them being unable to do everything that was, that was not within their gifting, people were getting missed. People were, were feeling bad about getting missed. People were beginning to say, hey, you helped them, but you didn't help them. What's the deal? Have you got something against them? Right? Isn't that how our brain works? You, you must be mad at them. You must think there's something wrong with them. You don't think they're valuable. I mean, that's the human condition. So that's what's going on here in the early church. Even though it's going like crazy, people are acting like humans. Oh, yeah. So, so they came up with a Holy Spirit-inspired plan. More is betterer more is betterer they were like we cannot do everything we want to do everything we don't want to leave anybody out we want everyone to be a part we can't do everything i know let's get some more people more will be betterer so that's what they did they they commissioned seven men Honoring them, making sure that everyone knew that the role of a humble servant is a ministry that serves both God and men. If we look in in verse 5 and 6, it says, so they have this idea, let's get more people involved. Let's make sure everyone is getting ministered to. And then in verse 5, it says, everyone liked this idea. I have never been anywhere in my life. Where everyone liked something. Have you? Where everyone liked something? Someone didn't go, oh, I wish we did it like this. Right? Or I could do it better than that. Right? Everyone liked this idea. And they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Procurus, Nicanor. The list goes on. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. And so as a result, it says in verse 7, God's message continued to spread. You see, when more of God's people function in the right roles, I talked just a little bit ago about being ordained as leaders. We are all ordained. We all have gifts that have been given to us that God intends for us to use 
to bless his church and to draw people into the body of Christ. We have all been ordained. We have all been anointed to do those things. And when more of God's people function in the right roles, more ministry can take place and the power of the Holy Spirit is unleashed in every area of the church. In the nursery, in kids' ministry, in the coffee ministry, in the place of the time of worship, in the time the the Holy Spirit is unleashed in every part. And, you know, when I think about that, I I think about from, from wiping noses and stuff in the nursery, because isn't that what you do in the nursery? You wipe noses and stuff. But you know what? You love those little ones who are there. And what, you, what we don't recognize often is, well, those little ones are being loved in the nursery. Mom and dad are sitting here in possibly the only opportunity they may have had all week to sit together. Uh, number two, now they're hearing God's word and they're going, oh, that's what I needed to hear. You know, the nursery is not about childcare. The nursery is a ministry, you guys. And people who do nur- nursery... Man, I'm, I don't know if there's special places for people in heaven, but I think people who do, who do nursery must get something more. I don't know. Maybe they get a towel to lay over their shoulder or uh, something, something to designate that they were anointed nursery workers, right? But, uh, or it's, maybe it's teaching. Maybe it's preaching in the church. But what we need to know is in the case of ministry, more is betterer. When everyone is serving in the role that God has called them to, that's when the church begins to grow. That's when the church begins to explode and become healthy. Because here's the thing. If you're doing something that brings you passion, something that you love, because we're not asking you to do something that you are not passionate about. I mean, if nursery's not your deal, that's cool. If, if mowing the lawn is your deal, hey, we'd love to have you mow the lawn. What, whatever it is that you're passionate about, when we do what we're passionate about, here's what happens. And you can see this, I don't know if anybody, probably nobody in here stands around a water cooler at work, but that's the first thing I envision, you know. But they're standing around at work talking during break, and one of them says, do you know what I get to do at People Church? I get to, and you fill in the blank. And they're excited about that they get to do it. What that does is it tells people that it's a joy to be a part of what God's doing. It tells people that they too could have a part. There's something they could do. Friends, it does not matter whether you have been here for a minute and a half or you have been here since the church opened. You are valuable. Your gift that God has given you is valuable and he brings you here so you can be a part. So you can do that thing that he has placed on your heart that you're passionate about. In Ephesians chapter two, if you'll turn there with me. Ephesians chapter two. And verse 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. 
He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. First of all, you're his masterpiece. I had you, it was a little bit of a joke earlier, but not really when I had you turn to your neighbor and say, you're a miracle. You are a miracle. You are a masterpiece. God has created you. There is no one else exactly like you. And there is no one else who has the same exact giftings, the same exact passions. You are a masterpiece. And he has created you anew in Christ Jesus. He's given you new life. He's given you an eternity in heaven. But also, it says, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So here's what's so cool about that to me. You know, there's the, there's the scripture that says that he knew us before we were knit in our mother's womb. Anybody heard that one before? That's just mind-blowing. He knew us before we were knit in our mother's womb. Here's what, to me, just goes, is he already had the plan for us. Before he even knit us in our mother's womb, he knew that we'd be sitting in people church on October, what is it, the 6th? On October 6th, hearing this word and this passion inside of us would suddenly come forth and we go, you know, I really love to do this. I wish we did this at People Church. Oh, yeah. If you come to me and you say, Pastor, I wish we did this ministry at People Church, I am going to say to you, I wish we did too. You would be a great leader. Uh, That's not a joke. Here's the thing, you guys. God does that because he wants you to lead. He wants you to do that passion on your heart and to change lives. Everyone can do it. More is betterer. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Man, I, I got so excited about that, I kind of lost my voice. I'm sorry. I just, please hold. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 21. It says, The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact... Some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. We need each other. Not all of us are the head, not all of us are the feet, not all of us are the hands, not all of us are the eyes, not all of us Let's continue to make that list. And the truth is, everything that happens here on Sunday morning, we come together to worship, there's a multiple of people that make that happen. There's a few of us that get to stand on the platform and wow, what an incredible honor and a blessing. Because <laughs> people see what we're doing and then we go, you know what? Truth is, we've already received our reward you guys. But there's so many people that we don't see on Sunday morning that are doing what God has put on their heart, the passion for them. Kids, people serving in kids ministries right now. 
that we don't see them. We dropped our kids off and we signed them in. There's, there's people back there ministering to our kids right now. They're not taking care of them. Well, yes, they're taking care of them, but they're, they're ministering to them. They're hearing God's word. They're learning how to apply it to their life. They're worshiping. They're doing things on a level they can understand. We don't see it, but it's happening right now. And we can't say we can do what we're doing right now without them, right? Well, we could, but it'd be a lot noisier in here. Which personally doesn't bother me at all. That doesn't distract. I love that. To me, the sound of kids, that's life, you guys. That's life. It's taking place. But we, we can't do what we do without everybody having a part. But I love how the message talks about this passage. And it's actually um, uh, starts in verse 19. I want to read. I didn't give them this verse Uh, out of the the New Living Translation. Let me read it out of the New Living Translation first. It says, How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The message version, which you'll see, says, I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from being blown up in self-importance. I'm going to read that again. I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from being blown up in self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because you're a part of. It's only because you're a part of. So now there is no part that is greater than another part. Every part relies on each other. Every part is of the same significance and value. And what happens to us is when we begin to serve in our gifting and understand, you know, I talk about serving in our gifting here at church, but God wants us to serve in our gifting in our community as well, in the region he's placed us in. When we begin to serve in our gifting, we become beacons in the community because of the joy they receive when they see the joy in us doing what we love. What happens is there's this thing that goes, even when they don't know Jesus, they go, there is something about that person. What is it? How how can they do what they're doing and be joyful about it? There are... Who loves to mow their lawn? There are people who love to mow their lawn. I am not one of them. Okay? And, and now, well, there is, while I mow my lawn, oftentimes <laughs> the Holy Spirit says to me, remember back 33 years ago when you couldn't even walk? Now you can mow the lawn? That gives me joy while I mow the lawn, honestly. But other than that, I've learned this new thing where I do the straight lines like my neighbor's. And I feel like I'm really getting it done, you guys. But, of course, if you look in my yard, I have creeping Charlie and every other kind of weed there is known to man. Um, but point, point is, I, I've seen people mow their lawn and they're like, yeah, I get to do this, right? Whatever it is God's called you to do, the fact that you have joy in your heart while you do it. People are watching for that. They see that happen in your life. 
So what I want you to know as your pastor, and I don't know, I, I feel like I'm saying this repetitively, but I, I cannot say it enough. Here at People Church, no part is more important than another. No part, no person is more important than another. We all have got the same value, and we are the miracle that God created, the masterpiece that God created. We are the people that he created us for each other to serve alongside each other here in the church, in our community. And again, those parts you don't see, the the people who made the coffee or serve in the nursery or maintain the church property, they're just as important as the worship team. They're just as important as this word I'm sharing to you today because without everybody, it doesn't get done. It is like the story we just read in the book of Acts of how the apostles were overwhelmed, overcome with all of the administrative things that had to be done besides preaching the word and praying. They weren't saying preaching the word and praying was more important. They said, we're called to preach the word and pray. We can't do the other things. Well, we need your help. That was the point. It wasn't about one being more valuable. It was that all of it was valuable. That is what they're saying here. And so without all of you, and I mean all of you, every person who is in this place, God has called you to a ministry. There is something that gives you passion in your heart. It, to you, you might say it doesn't, you may think it doesn't look like a ministry. I mean, maybe you love to crochet and you need to have a crochet small group. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up now. Point is, that can be your ministry. And there can be people who meet with you every week in that small group that you develop relationship with and you get the opportunity to pray for and to share Jesus with. Maybe it's working on cars. Maybe it's whatever it is. Or there's something here at the church. Know this. um, We don't have too many volunteers. We've got a lot of volunteers. In fact, I'm super, super impressed by the amount of people here at the church that serve somewhere. But I would love to be able to say we have 100% volunteers. That every person in the church, there's something that they volunteer to do. And here's the thing, more is betterer. You guys are going to go home saying, Pastor Bob can't spell. But it's true. I'd like us just to watch a real quick movie.
So let's all stand up together. This is a signal that we're closing. It's merely a signal. (laughs) Face it, you have gifts. We all have gifts. You know, this little movie was cute because you see the little package and you open it up. My, My question is, have you opened yours? Have you opened that package? What is the gift that God has put in your heart? What is the passion that he's placed upon you? And are you pursuing it? Sometimes that passion, uh, pursuing it takes time. You just, you open, you open the gift and you go, ooh, that's what I get. And then you get started. Sometimes it takes a short time, sometimes a long time, but God's plan is for us to open the gift and to begin to use it. You know, I, I just so often I think of it like a kid, open the gift and to play with it. I mean, to see how it works. What does it do? Here's the thing. As I, when I was a kid, I'd open the gift and then I'd take it apart, whatever it was, and then I'd put it back together. And most of the time it worked. But, um, but that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to open the gift. He wants us to, to go, yes, this is what God has given me. So how do you find this right role, the, the role here at People Church? Maybe you're saying in your mind this morning, what, what can I do here? How do you find that role? The question that I ask you is, what stirs you, your heart? What stirs your heart? When you think about it, your heart becomes passionate and you go, oh, I'd love to be part of that. Or that gives me passion. That gives me life. What stirs your heart? What gets you excited about God? And then also, what creates a sense of holy discontent? By holy discontent, I mean you have this passion in your heart And then there's this discontent because you go, I don't see that happening. And you go, that's got to happen. How is that going to happen? Is there a holy discontent that develops in your heart and you say, I've got to act on this? Because if it's a passion in your heart, until you act on it, there'll be a discontentment in you. Is there a holy discontent? What what? stirs that in you? And what causes your creative juices to flow? When you begin to do that thing that's passionate on your heart, your creative juices begin to flow and you begin to to not only want to do that, but you want to do it more, you want to do it better, you want to bring other people with. What is that passion in your heart? Here's what we are going to do. And I'm saying this prophetically. We, all of us in this room, we are going to dive in and try out a few of the things that stir our hearts. My passion as your pastor is for for you to not only see that passion, but to begin to operate in, to act in, to live out the passion he's put on your heart. And And as your pastor, 
my desire is to help you do that. You know, if you come to me and say, Pastor, I don't quite know how to, how to make this work. I, I will pray with you. I will encourage you. I will direct you. I'll do everything I can to help you move in that passion that God has placed on your heart. I might encourage you to start something. Don't let that, don't let that make you afraid. That's an awesome thing to get to start something, to be a part of something. If, if God has placed that on your heart, he's also going to give you the ability. He's going to give you the boldness. He's going to give you the confidence. He'll help you do what he's put on your heart. And understand this. I started this message talking about the fact that we're human. We might not find the perfect role right away. You might try something. You might be thinking, that's what I, that's what I think God's calling me to do. You might try something and then you get started doing it and you go, oh, that's not giving me passion. And know this, if you're serving someplace in the church and it's not giving you passion, you're not giving the people you're serving passion either. You know, we want, we want you to serve where there's passion in your heart. So if you, if you say, Pastor, I, I've thought about this, I've prayed about this, this is what I'd like to do, we're going to encourage you to do that and come alongside you and help you do that. But as you do it, if, if you begin to do it and you go, I don't think that's what I'm supposed to do, could I try this? We want you to know that, you know, just because you say, I'd like to serve in the nursery, doesn't mean you have to serve in the nursery your entire life. Or, I want to be on the worship team. Doesn't mean you have to be on the worship team every single Sunday. Or, I want to be a greeter. Or, I want, you fill in the blank. We just want to help you get where that passion is. And then if you find out that's not it, let's find the thing that is. We try different roles until we find what works. And understand, there is nothing unspiritual in that process of trial and error at all. That's not unspiritual. That's just part of figuring out what God's called us to. So if you try serving in an area, it's not your cup of tea, try another till you find the one that brings you joy. It's the way Father reveals his wisdom and his direction to us. I would like us to pray, and I'd ask you to just repeat after me, Jesus, I'm all yours. I want you to lead me to the place I can serve most effectively. Today, I will listen to what you want me to do, and I will do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I would like to just pray this short prayer over you. It is a portion of St. Patrick's prayer. This past week, as a team, we went to a leadership conference, and the speaker shared this prayer, and it was so powerful. I've heard it so many times, but there was something about it that day. And I just want us to get this into our heart and into our spirit. And I'm going to just pray this prayer over you. And that is, Christ be with you, Christ within you, Christ behind you, Christ before you, Christ beside you, Christ to win you, Christ to comfort you and restore you, Christ beneath you, Christ above you, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love you, 
Christ in the mouth of a friend and a stranger. Father, I ask that you would be Christ to these, that they would sense your presence, your supernatural peace, your comfort, your joy, your protection, your provision, your healing, your transformation in their lives throughout this week. In Jesus' name, amen.